This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Hello there, uh, people that are watching and listening on radio. This is our fellowship. I'm filling in for Dr. Hansen, who's out of town uh, ministering, and I'm Dr. E.J. Buckert. I go by E.J., Anyway, uh, welcome to this service. I've been something burning on my heart for some time, and uh, the last two days, something I read, and it all came into place. I'm titling this, We Have Been Warned, Now What Do We Do? We Have Been Warned, Now What Do We Do? And in this book, God is Faithful, devotional by David Wilkerson, was put together after he died, But anyway, Gary has an introduction there which really struck me that came up with my title. He said in his book, My father, David Wilkerson, was an evangelist and pastor and writer and oftentimes was used God as a prophet. I like to say I had the opportunity to visit him in his church a few times when I was laying over in New York City. And I went to him the first time. I said, you know, you are the watchman on the East Coast. The pastor I work with, Dr. Hansen, is watchman on the West Coast. And we became good friends. In other words, I showed up, he would always come down and pray with me if I said, the pilot's here. Because David Wilkerson did not like to fly. So we had some good conversations other than just with the Lord, but out flying. Anyway, he goes on to say, he was called by God at times to set a trumpet in his mouth and sound a warning call to America. In one of my last conversations with him before he went to be with Christ, this is in 2011 when he went to be home with the Lord, my father told me we are no longer in a time of warning about the difficulties to come. He said, and our mission is now to encourage the faint, to strengthen those who have become weak, and to lift high the name of Jesus, the lover of our souls, provider of our needs, and the great advocate fighting on our behalf against the evil one. Are you finding trials and tribulations pressed in on you? Are the perilous times tempting you to grow weary? Are you ready for a word in season that will build up your most holy faith? We are in a ministry that know well the warnings that are about to come. Our ministry is called Warning at World Ministries. In Matthew 24, I think we're here, and David, as David Wilkins says, you know, the time for warning is over. We need to get to work and to bring bodies into the Lord's realm. And Jesus said, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, 
and shall deceive many. And you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you're not troubled. For these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nations, kingdoms against kingdoms, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. All of these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. Articles I've been reading about is how Christians are being attacked here in America. You will be hated for my name. But those that shall endure to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness unto the nations. And then shall the end come. When therefore you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let them which are in the housetop not come down to take anything out of their house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to his clothes. And woe to them that are child for them that give suck in those days. But pray that your flight may not be in winter, neither on the Sabbath. For then the great tribulation shall as will never since be the beginning of the world to this time, nor shall ever be. Except for those days be shortened, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, these days shall be shortened. There are two times of preparations in the Bible. The first was John the Baptist, which is located in Matthew 3, 3. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. John the Baptist was preparing the way for Jesus in his first coming as a baby in the manger. Prepare ye the way. I believe the second one is we are called to prepare the way for Christ's second return. In Matthew 28, 18, it says, And Jesus spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end. We are called to prepare the way for his return. I'm not going to read in Mark 5, 18, 19, but Jesus has just delivered a man that was full of demons called legions. And it goes on to read, When he came into the ship, this is when he, the one that was delivered, came into the ship, he that had been possessed of the devil prayed him, prayed to Jesus, that he might go with Jesus. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not to come, but said unto him, Go home to my friends, to thy friends, and tell them how the great things the Lord has done for thee, and had compassion on these. I believe that's something we need to do, is as Lord has saved us, we need to go back to our homes, back to our friends, and tell them what God has done for us. If you have a testimony, you must do that. We need to tell others what Jesus has done for us. We in this ministry hear many, many testimonies. And I tell you what, they touch your heart. Some of them are almost hard to believe of those testimonies. But you have a testimony. And if you don't think you have a testimony, examine yourself. Go back. And just to see how God has protected you and taken you through. 
It may be not one of these big, famous, you know, testimonies you got, but you have a testimony. Don't forget the testimony that you have. Don't forget your testimony. Now, now that we know the warning of things to come, what can we do? There's two important things in Scripture that says we can do. The first one is repent. In Matthew 3, 2, John the Baptist preached, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The first words out of Jesus when he came out of the, test, out of the wilderness after his work was with the devil there, First words of his mouth, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist and Jesus. Then if you go to Luke 13, 2 to 5, it says that Jesus answered them, Suppose that ye Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, you shall likewise perish. Of those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them, think they that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And then we go to Revelations, the seven churches of Revelation. There were seven churches that John, the John, Apostle John spoke about. It's interesting, five of those seven churches God says, repent. And some of these churches did good things, but he always had something against five of them and says, repent. Of all seven of the churches, he said, and overcome. In other words, you repent, but that's not the end of the story. Now you need to overcome. How do you overcome? By putting your lives into Christ's hands and allow the Holy Spirit to work through you. America, if you've been watching the news, seeing what's going on, needs a Nineveh revival. Repentance has to start from the top to the bottom. That's our government officials, church officials, all the way down to me when I was a college student doing janitor work, cleaning toilets. I put my way through seminary cleaning toilets. Not a bad deal. I mean, I get to deal with some of the smells and stuff like that. But you know God always saw me through it. And I wasn't the only one who did that. But always remember, even after Nineveh repented, they had another hundred years, but then they fell back. Judgment will always fall. Now, the second one, instead of repenting, is to stand on the promises of God. Not only standing on the promises of God, but believing on the promises of God. And not only standing and believing, but by living on the promises of God, doing what God has promised in your life. I'm going to read, my mentor, there are just a couple of things that happened. We got David Wilkinson's last newsletter. Well, actually, it's Gary Wilkinson's. But the article is written by his dad, and it falls right into this. He says, now this is uh, David writing. He says, we won't be able to withstand what is coming in the days ahead without standing firmly on the promises of God. We need a triumphant faith, not just faith, but a victorious faith, to see through, and we need to cling to the word. He quotes here Exodus 15, 13, Exodus 15, 13, 
You and your mercy shall have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength, in your holy habitation. Across America and around the world, many have concluded the devil is having his way. This is 10 years ago, folks. If David was alive today, I don't know what he would say, because we've gone a long way down the path. Matter of fact, in the last three years, way down the path. But he also says there, Scripture tells us differently, that the wicked are a smoke in God's eyes, and with one puff of his breath, their threats will be over. That's comforting words. God is telling us in very clear terms, do not be overwhelmed by the growing wickedness, the crime, the greed, and the abuses. For I'm going to rise up and scatter my enemies, and I'll put them chase before your eyes. Satan may surprise us at a point of our weakness, but God rises up strength in our defeat. Greater is he that in you that's in the world. We have the Holy Spirit living with us. And by the way, our God never sleeps. I mean, we need to have rest because we're human beings. And if we don't get a rest, we can get kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of whatever you want to say. <laughs> God never slumbers. His army is poised and ready and always protecting. We read about the angels. Do you believe God just had angels in the Old Testament and the New Testament? Or does he have them today? We've heard always stories about big angels around, especially in this ministry. Because this ministry needs the protection of the angels. But your angels are there. Everybody has an angel assigned to them, I understand. I'm not sure I can prove that, but I like the idea that we all have our personal angel. Now that could scare the living daylights out of some of you, especially those who are not living according to the Lord. That angel is there, and he's going to report. You don't want a bad report. So just because the angel is there to protect you, you've also got to be careful. He can be the opposite of what you may believe. But we believe the angel's there to protect us by those that are living for the Lord. It doesn't matter how bad the world's condition becomes or how deep the devil's stronghold is. Greater host is hovering above us, an overview of every satanic move. Keep yourself in the presence of the Lord. That's how we overcome. That's how we do what we need to do because of the times that are coming. Keep yourself in the presence of the Lord. When you are full of Jesus, the smoke clears out. And when the fire of his holiness is in you, everything Satan melts and perishes. That's kind of a promise of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God, sing praises as a name, and rejoice before him. God loves your praises. And I know many times I've talked to people on the telephone that call in or, you know, crying, going through tough times. And so we talk, we pray. And then when I get done praying, I'll say, you know what? Why don't we just start praising the Lord? I had one lady, I bet you I went in five minutes. I didn't have a thing to say. She was just praising away. So I just hung up. She prayed for over half an hour, I found out later. She said, I never felt so good in all my life. So take that for a deal. When you're going through some tough times, the devil's trying to accuse you, whatever it is. Just start praising the Lord. He does not like that. Just start praising the Lord. And you may say to yourself, but I can't sing yet. I don't have the victory. Now listen to this real closely. I remind you that the victory is not yours. It is his. 
The reason you shout and sing and praise is because of his victory over the devil and all of his army. You rejoice for the victory Christ has already won for you. He is your very present help in times of trouble. Let us never forget that. Then I'm going to read some promises of God, because that's what we are to stand upon, are the promises of God. And I'm going to use it out of David Wilkins' little book, Promises of God. The only reason for that is I don't have to come through the Bible, because otherwise I'd be flipping pages here, and we'd be here all day. Not that some of us wouldn't mind that, but uh, we won't do that. We should be able to be willing to spend time with the Lord all the time. Psalms 5, 11 through 12. But let all those that put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because you defend them. Let them also that love your name be joyful in you, for the Lord will bless the righteous. With favor will you encompass him with a shield. Another promise, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer and my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of salvation, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved of my enemies. Some of you may know that verse is Psalms 18, 2-3, which is a, which is a song that's been written. Psalms 28, 7-8, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I, I am helped. Therefore my heart rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is a saving strength of their anointed. Do you believe the Lord is your strength and your shield? Psalms 25, 2 and 3. Oh my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on you be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without a cause. If we trust in the Lord, we do not have to be ashamed of his name. In the scriptures it says we do not want to be ashamed of his name, but we want to stand strong. Psalms 27, 1 through 3, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Light is different to darkness. We live in the light, not in darkness. So who shall we fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Who shall I be afraid? Though a host shall encamp about against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, this and this I will be confident the Lord will see me through. Promises of God. I'm not going to be able to get through all the promises of God because there's many, many, many of them in here. But Psalms 29:11, The Lord will give strength unto his people, and the Lord will bless his people. Do we believe that promise? Not only do we believe it, do we accept it in our lives? The Lord will give strength to me. The Lord will bless me and bless you. I've added little words because this message I got today is as much for me as it is for you. Because we all need to stand on the promises of God. For in times of trouble you shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacles he shall hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. One of my favorite scriptures. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Sometimes we get so busy in life, we don't spend enough time waiting on the Lord. I think one of the greatest things when people use the prayer language is that that's the Spirit speaking, but also at the same time, sometimes we need to just uh, shut up. 
Sometimes we need to close our mouths and just listen for the Lord to speak. But I warn you, when you close your mind quietly, the devil is going to try to come in there also. And so you're going to have to fight against the devil. But then you just give the promises of God and come in the name of Jesus. And he has to flee. He has to flee. Why do we read and know and stand on our promises of God? Why do we do that? Why do we read these promises? And why do we stand on them? It's to build up our faith and our confidence in the Lord so that we can do what he's called us to do. And he's told us to take dominion. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, we place dominion over a hall of his creation. I would also add to it, we are supposed to take dominion over our government as well. And that's where the church has really totally failed. Not only to take dominion and to build up our faith, but it's also to accomplish those tasks. We must be faithful. We must be willing. We must be, be obedient sons and daughters of Jesus. We must be faithful, willing, and obedient. We must not allow our feelings and our emotions to guide us but only have faith, hope, and confidence in the Lord. This is very easy to say. It's very easy to preach. We and you folks have heard so many beautiful messages of men and women of God. They stand up and do this and say this. But do we live it? That's why pastors and missionaries sometimes get in trouble. They know how to say it. They know the word. But do they live it? And that's a question I've got to ask myself and you've got to ask yourself. It's easy to say and to preach, but to do it is difficult. How often do we allow feelings to guide our thoughts as opposed to the Word of God? We need the gift of the power of the Holy Spirit to give us that strength to overcome our feelings and emotions, especially those feelings and emotions that are not of the Lord. How do we overcome that? We need to be in His Word and prayer. There's two types of feelings that are given. One comes from the Lord, and one comes from Satan. We need to know and distinguish between those. Once again, we need to do what the Lord has called us to do. And that was the guidance of Matthew 28, which says, again, we've read it before, And Jesus came and said unto them, All power, not some power, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded to you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end. We are to take dominion over the world. Now the church needs to rise. We've been warned what is coming, and we're seeing it. But now we need to take dominion and do something about it, and overcome. How do we do this? We need to go to our government and return our government to biblical principles. We are to speak the truth at all cost. Remember, we are to die to ourselves. We don't live for this life. We live for eternity. So in the meantime, no matter what man does to us, we need not fear. God is going to see us through. Either he's going to see us through the trouble, or he's going to take us home to heaven. Either way, we win. We can never lose when you have the Lord on your side. We need to obey the laws of God and not the laws of man, which often contradict God's law. 
If we look at America right now, we have so many laws, even killing a baby up to 28 days. A live baby, that's murder. They're trying to kick children so they can't bring Bibles to schools. Some of us in here, we had Bible reading in school. We had prayer in school. They had to pledge allegiance to the flag under God. There's a little pun there. But anyway, that's what we grew up. I feel sorry for these young people right now that are growing in this society. It's got to be tough. How do we come against the powers and principalities to control men who do not know the Lord? Go to Ephesians 6.10, and this is it, as we'll close. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers and darkness of this world, against spiritual witnesses in high places. Wherefore, take you to you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shouted the preparation of the gospel, and above all, the shield of faith, so you're able to quench the fiery darts, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is in the word of God, praying always with prayer and supplications in the Spirit, and watching unto therefore with all perseverance and supplication to the saints. Bless you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.